Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. We're so glad you're with us. This is that show that talks about theology in a simple way. That's right. We are Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead Southern Hills Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We love each other, love theology, and love to talk. Yeah, you can find this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast or on KPXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. So we always like to begin with something fun. Heather, do you have something for us? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. This is episode number 83, the tribulation period. We're going to be studying eschatology and continue our study of the end times in episode number 83. But it's November, uh, the middle of November, and it's nice and crisp outside. The colors are changing in the trees. Wait, wait, wait. What, what colors are changing in what trees? I'm talking about Vegas. for those who live in Connecticut. <laughs> we have no trees and we have no leaves that's true but um the pumpkins that are rotting out in front of people's homes those are changing oh, that's colors. always so sad it you is make sad. these adorable pumpkins and then they just can't handle it right jack-o'-lanterns should not rot <sighs> mm. nonetheless it's thanksgiving soon and heather in light of that you have something fun for us i do um and it is actually what is your favorite thing to cook my favorite thing to cook. Well, with Thanksgiving being right around the corner, I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to bring? I'm thinking about bringing lobster because that's what they ate at the first Thanksgiving. I don't know what to say to that. Okay, so I'm not really bringing lobster, nor um, <laughs> do I know how to cook it. I just wanted to say that because, you know, Thanksgiving. Okay, so my favorite thing to cook. Um, it sounds stupid, but it's just uh, spaghetti. Um, oh, really? I thought you were going to go with some kind of meat, like steak or something. I really. love to eat steak. And uh, I don't know, uh, I, it, making the spaghetti and the sauce and warming up the bread. and all, it, You can do it so mindlessly, right? Yeah. And it's just it quick. is one of our family's favorite meals. Yeah. In fact, but people are wondering right now, do you make your own sauce, Josh? Oh, I do, yeah. I, I combine a prego and a ragu. What I do is I, <laughs> I mix them together and add a little um, a meat. Also, a little secret, secret ingredient. You want me to give it? Yeah. Oregano. That's an Andy Griffith joke, and that's why I love this guy. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. have you ever added ricotta cheese to your spaghetti? No, we always top our spaghetti with cheeses. No, 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 no. You have to take a couple scoops of ricotta cheese and just mix it in. Really? With sp- the sauce? It will change your life with the sauce. Okay, mm. so... Mm. Yeah. My brother John yeah. hates spaghetti. He lives with me, and I love spaghetti. But I have found that adding this element makes it one of his favorites so there you go okay so um, we're gonna have to do that add a little ricotta cheese no no a lot (laughs) oh a lot of a lot of ricotta cheese (laughs) couple scoops a lot of ricotta that sounds pretty good a lot of ricotta that sounds like an uh that sounds like a recipe right there that sounds like a great advertising campaign you need a lot of ricotta i i like it you know makes me want to go buy ricotta just hearing that here's the thing though if if you're in a situation where you're like, okay, I've got to have my r- lot of ricotta, but there is no ricotta. You go to the store, it's gone. You're going to be looking around and be like, what's going on? Is this like a plague? Is this like the tribulation? Like, what's happening here? Speaking of tribulation, seven years of great tribulation. <laughs> That's my segue. She never got to say I her know. favorite thing to cook. I was waiting. Oh, I didn't let you? No, but it's okay. I'm not important. <laughs> I don't matter. You seem to be in a melancholy mood, Heather. 
I just am having trouble keeping up today. You do, apparently. and and clearly it's it's my fault. I I want to apologize. Let our let's let our audience in on what's going on with us um, right now. Um, you're you don't I'm like tired me. and sagging. Like I'm lagging behind, not sagging. I'm probably sagging too. Yeah, I'm getting old. You know, you're Is that not appropriate you're, to say. You can say whatever you want. Our audience loves us, and we, we're open book. Um, I don't feel like you're sagging or lagging. I like you. You're a beautiful, wonderful person. You are a bit slow today. I am slow today, but you also are running extra fast today. I, I am because like. I'm being super impatient. And what? Why? What is my problem? I don't know. I feel like you. He's like, what's the name of that squirrel on the one? Is it open season? Oh no, I know what you're talking about. Hedge, the hedge. The hedge over the hedge. Oh yeah. yeah. Hammy? Is it hammy? You're moving way you're too like, fast. He really is. I've had a lot of caffeine like, today. Just, I've been up yeah, since you're six o'clock. Yeah, highly motivated. That's it. You're more tired than I am. And I think when you, I get tired, I get slow. When you get tired, you go into triple speed. Well, over the last couple of minutes, we've been able to just talk about how fast and slow we are. So that's, that's been good. I feel that that's appropriate. Give the people what they want, Josh. Well, and okay. What, what is it that they want? Well, here? I'm just going to tell everybody. Here's the thing. I like to cook rolls, which is not really cooking. It's baking. If I have to cook, I said some kind of casserole because I'm Southern. And mixing stuff together, pre-cooking the meat, mixing stuff together, I just like that. It gives me comfort to see that casserole dish go into the oven, okay? But I love baking is what I like to do, not yeah, cooking. Yeah, you do. So I would do rolls, but my favorite thing is probably cookies, I've realized. Mm. I love baking all different kinds of chocolate chip and M&M cookies. Just, it's so fun. Yeah. And they turn out so beautifully. And I've learned a lot of things about that. And so, yeah, that would be my favorite thing. Awesome. Now let's talk about the tribulation. <laughs> <laughs> Where there are no chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, this is terrible. I mean, this is like, I don't have any chocolate chip cookies. I already segued. It's not nearly as bad as the tribulation period. It's so clean. One of the plagues is no chocolate chips. No, that's not true. It gets pretty, it, it, it gets pretty dire and yeah. sad. So do we want to do a... Did you know it rains chocolate chips in heaven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that from Sunny with a cloudy chance of meatballs or something. <laughs> really? I saw it on Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <sighs> okay, back to the tribulation. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be the briefest seven-year tribulation there? period uh, lesson you have ever heard. We're talking about, in the midst of our study in eschatology, a study of the end times. What does the Bible say about this terrible moment that we call the seven-year uh, tribulation period? Uh, seven-year tribulation period is literally the end of of the world. This is what leads to the Battle of Armageddon. This is what leads to, afterward, a 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ. When you talk about the apocalypse, this is what we're talking about. Um, What do we need to know about the tribulation period? There's a few things. We're going to break it down very simply into three parts. Number one, the prophecies. Number two, the plot. And number three, the purpose of the tribulation period. So let's go ahead and begin with the prophecies. Um, Heather, let's let's talk about who were the prophets that spoke of the tribulation period. Uh, you'll see in the scripture many. Daniel spoke of the, the tribulation period. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Moses, Amos, Joel, John, Paul, Jesus Ringo. himself. This is not a oh, random... Oh, what's that? John, Paul, Ringo. John, Paul, Ringo. No, that's, that's totally somebody different. Those are the Beatles. Um... This is not a random, um, uh, archaic um, uh, concept that's never found very often. It's spoken of quite a bit um, in the Word of God, and um, 
and it's it's something that really needs to be discussed and understood by by Christians. Yeah. So suppose Josh that I predicted the winner of the Super Bowl. Okay. But I didn't just tell you the winner. I told you what exactly the score would be. Mm. I named all the injuries that would happen throughout the game, the coin toss, who it would go to, the best commercial, and the third down conversions that happened. Um, you would be pretty impressed by that, right? Like that's. I'd be taking you to Vegas, baby. Yeah, that's crazy. Lucky we live here. Um, I'm not going to do that, but the Bible does that. There are 1,817 prophecies in the Bible. Everyone relating to the Jewish nation, captivities, Persian Empire, Greek, Roman, Messiah, all of it's been fulfilled. Okay, so if all of those 1,817 have been fulfilled, um, clearly the prophecies about the tribulation period are going to be fulfilled. And right. if Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Moses, Amos, Joel, Joel, John, Paul, Ringo, Jesus, if all of them have made prophecies about the tribulation period, we need to expect that they will be fulfilled. Look at what Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 7, 14 through 18 says. It says, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the Lord, uh, of the day of the Lord, is bitter. There, it, there uh, the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of desolation and uh, devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. I will bring distress upon men, and they will walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like the dust. Their flesh shall be refuse. refuse. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. He will make speedy riddance of all those who dwell in the land. Wow. Mm. This is just one of dozens of prophecies that speak of the tribulation period. So yes, number one, we've looked at the prophecies of the tribulation. Let's look at the plot line of the tribulation period itself. It's seven years in totality, but it can be easily understood in three specific segments. And those are three specific sets of judgments. What are those sets of judgments? Well, first you have the seal judgments and not seal like the animal oh oh oh! yeah not okay. that kind of seal. i thought i should throw in a uh, that was good that was actually a good i didn't know you could impersonate a seal well That's i can impressive. do a lot of animals we just don't talk about it very often mm. interesting something for say... a state night <laughs> when you say seal judgments then what are we talking about we're talking about the idea of a seal that is broken and being opened okay so back in the days of antiquity a very important document, not just kings, but a very important document, um, like a title deed to a piece of land, would have a seal on it. It would be made of wax, and then it would be signed with a signet or a ring, and that ring would press into the seal and would show that this specific document is, is protected. The moment that seal is broken, it means that we're now going to discuss this document, and the document itself is likely to be changed. So the seal judgments are symbolized whenever there's a document presented in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. We believe that document is the title deed to planet Earth. And John cries, and he says, who can open this, this book? Who can open this scroll? Nobody is worthy. And then somebody stands up from a throne. And the person that stands up looks like a lamb that has been slain. Well, John is referring to Jesus, the Lamb of God who has been slain. Who can open this, mm. this seal, this sealed book? Who can do this? And the moment he be- takes the book, this is Jesus, the Lamb that had been slain, he begins to take off all seven seals, one at a time. And the title deed to the earth is now reverting 
away from man who had given it over to Satan. And now Jesus is taking the title deed to the earth back. But in doing so, every time he breaks one of these seals, a judgment falls upon the planet. What are those sealed judgments, Heather? Well, the first one, these come in the form of a horse, which is kind of a weird picture for me. I've always been confused. Like I would have said the horse judgments, but they're the horses or the seals. Well, yes, there's seven <laughs> seals. And then the four, first four are, we, we call them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There are four different horses, and each of the horses um, are symbolic of the actual judgment that's about to come. Mm-hmm. And the first first one doesn't really sound that bad. White horse. Right. Peace, good times, really yeah. symbolizing that's when the Antichrist is really, is that where he's taking power, right? Yeah, the Antichrist comes yeah. in and promises peace among all the nations. You could look back on uh, two episodes ago. We talked about the rise of the Antichrist in episode 81, and we discussed what that actually m- would look like. And he arrives on a white horse, kind of saying everything's going to be okay. But it's immediately followed by the next horse, and that is what? The red horse. What does the red horse represent? War. Yeah, that's right. And so the Antichrist um, is betrayed by some of the the three out of ten nation alliance that he has established on the earth. Um, and three of those uh, begin to fight against the Antichrist. And in doing so, world war breaks out. And what's the result of world war? Well, that's the third horse. Okay, and this is the one, I have to say this, where I always get confused by the color. Because mm. it's a black horse, which black to me is death, but this is famine. Pale is going to be death. Yes. Black is famine. Well, I, I'll explain pale for the fourth horse. I'm just saying the moment. color doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I know you're going to explain it biblically, but I just want to point out why the color that doesn't black make sense? is always death to me. Well, I guess it just would to have me. to do. Not the, I'm not saying the Bible's wrong. No. I, well, the reason <laughs> the it would make sense. The I felt the same way um, until <laughs> I saw a dead person before they were in a coffin. So I came <laughs> upon somebody who had, unfortunately, taken their own life by self-inflicted wound Mm -hmm. of a gunshot. When I saw this, I noticed what their skin looked like. And I've always thought back on this when studying this passage. Mm -hmm. They were gray. Mm. And and this is what happens when you see a dead person before they get to a mortuary and somebody fixes them up and makes them look colorful. When the blood drains from the human body, they are pale. I just think in our culture, there's been so much... There's always black shrouds, like the color that you predominantly see at funerals and with death is it's black, mm. you know, yeah. it's a grim reaper what he wears. So I think we've come in our American culture. Most of us are not looking at the dead body. that The mortician is not colored up, which in that day they definitely would have. But um, yeah, interesting. So black horse famine. So the famine comes. And what is the result of war? The result of war is famine. So people are starving um, during this time. And the famine leads to, obviously, the fourth horse of the apocalypse, and that is death. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says at this point, a th- by this point in the tribulation period, one-third of all humanity has now died. Now imagine that. Imagine an entire third, uh, excuse me, one-fourth of all humanity has died. Now imagine in a world where there's seven billion people in the world, and let's say one billion people were raptured. We're guessing at that number. Let's say one out of seven people in the world are Christian. There's six billion people left. That means by the middle, or by, excuse me, by this point in the tribulation period, maybe a year and a half in, that means out of the six billion people in the world, 1.5 billion die. I mean, remember at the coronavirus, this last one, we saw a death rate of, what was it, 0.01%. Imagine a death rate where it was 25%. Wow. 
One yeah. out of it, and that's just in a year and a half. What was it during like the plague? Do you remember that during the Black Plague? Yeah, that was like that? during the Black Plague. Was one percent? Wow, and that was devastation. We called we called the the Black Plague when one percent of the world died within mm. a few years, and this was longer than a year and a half. Imagine in one and a half years, one fourth of mankind is dead. Think of all of your family. And for every four people, I mean, subtract one, your exactly. friends, your church, your workplace. Yeah. So because of the false peace, the war, the famine and death itself, by this point in the tribulation period, a fourth of mankind has died. And that leads to the fifth seal. What is the fifth seal? Well, this one involves the martyrs before mm. the throne of God. So what you see is John standing before the throne of God and the fifth seal is removed. And what you see are, are the martyrs, those who have died, not just in the past, but also throughout the tribulation period. And John sees them crying out to God and saying, God, when will you avenge us of this, um, mm-hmm. of, of all that has taken place? Yeah. When will you avenge us of our death? Um, and, and all that's happened. The Bible talks a lot about, by the way, the Holy God, his wrath building up against humanity, not against Christians, because any wrath towards a believer has been turned from us and put upon Christ at the cross. The, the holiness of God being challenged by sin, that is not directed toward us. There's no condemnation to the believer. But we have to remember, as we read in Romans, that the wrath of God is holy and it is building against this world for the sin. And this is where they're crying out saying, Lord, release your wrath for our sakes. One of the most scary moments in all of the Bible takes place here. It says that in that moment there was silence in heaven for the space of a half an hour. Can you imagine what devastation is about to occur on the earth where heaven itself is silent? This is the place since eternity past. There have been angels, seraphim, flying above the throne of God saying, holy, holy, holy. Nobody ain't saying nothing for 30 minutes. Why do you think that is? Because I think they're shocked and in awe of about what's about about to to come. Mm -hmm. Because the next Mm. thing that happens is the sixth seal judgment. Yeah, and that one is the natural judgment. Yeah, the heavenly signs that fall, which really is represented by this great, the Bible calls it, the great wrath of the Lamb earthquake. This earthquake shakes. Now, we've had earthquakes throughout our history. Never once have we had a global earthquake, and that's what this is, where the entire foundations of the earth shake and tremble so that the same earthquake that is felt in Hawaii is also felt in Africa. The mm. same earthquake that is felt in, in Antarctica is felt all the way down in Chile. Wow. This worldwide and for earthquake. for all the preppers out there, you can't prepare for this no. one. <laughs> this, and that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, the Bible says during this time, um, islands will flee away. That is entire islands that were. Hawaii, are just gone. Gone. Um, mountains mm. will be leveled during this earthquake. This is after a fourth of mankind is dead. And then the Bible says... We've entered the seventh, from the sixth seal, we've entered the seventh seal. Now, when he opens the seventh seal, the seventh seal introduces seven more judgments. Okay, and that's the part, too, with Revelation. It's always got me, but I'm starting to picture it. It's kind of like you're opening those little Russian dolls. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as you you get to that last one, it's a Russian doll, and surprise, there's another one. Open this, and there's another set of dolls inside. Exactly. So when you open the seventh seal... It introduces seven trumpets. The seven trumpets are the seventh seal. And this is the worst of, this is, this is, it's very bad. Um, so what are these seven trumpet judgments? 
they take place roughly about halfway through the tribulation period. Okay, so if things haven't been bad enough with a promise of peace, but then a great war, then famine, all these people dying, and then, boom, this massive earthquake. Now here comes, with the first trumpet, hail, fire, blood, and a third of all the trees and grass are burnt. Right. Imagine not just a hailstorm, but hail that is on fire and mingled with blood falling from the sky. And in doing so, one-third of all the trees of the earth, one-third of all the green fields of the earth, are burned alive. I just am thinking about this. It's interesting because I've never gone this slowly and conversationally through Revelation like this. And uh, just recently, my friend in Florida, well, I guess it wasn't recently. It was back this summer. My friend in Florida, they were experiencing fires in their area for the first time. Mm. Now, we're used to that because California, bless their hearts, they're always burning. Yeah. And I'm shocked when it gets so much and so out of control that even here in Las Vegas, we will smell it. Mm. It will be in the air. It will stink outside. The air quality is dark. And um, even sometimes, you know, a little ash. Well, that's what she was experiencing for the first time in Florida. And imagine this with this kind of thing, the air quality. Taking away the trees, which are so necessary for, you know, oxygen, for all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that air quality from all of that. Mm -hmm. And the, oh, just amazing. The the smell of the blood that burns. The agricultural implications are huge as well. If a third part of all of your produce is destroyed, mm. that means mankind is now without food like never before. Yeah. And so the, the devastation. Grass and things to feed the livestock. It's all... But that leads, that first trumpet leads to the second trumpet, which is what? That is where the giant mountain of fire is thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea turns to blood, and a third of the sea life die, and a third of the ships are destroyed. So many believe this might be some type of volcanic activity that takes place in the middle of the ocean. And uh, this mountain explodes is the idea. Are you talking about a mountain like on land, like Mm -hmm. Vesuvius? Right, yeah. yeah, so some type of mountain explodes in the sea, and in doing so, um, a third of the sea becomes blood. Now, what's interesting is that... you don't that think it's an underwater volcano. It could be, but the idea of a mountain mm. exploding, I mean, under yeah. the water, there are mountains. Yeah. And in doing so, the Bible says a third of the sea becomes blood. Now, this is where it becomes very hard to deny that there is a God, because it doesn't say like blood. It doesn't say it becomes red and liquidy. It says it becomes blood, mm-hmm. and in doing so, a third of the ships begin to sink they can't, they're not made to float in blood and a third of the animal mm-hmm. life begins to die rot and and come to the imagine going to the seacoast and seeing not just a few dead fish but miles and miles of dead sea animals floating Ugh. and 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 cascading the smell of that uh, right. Not only the smell of the blood, the but disease. the smell of dead fish, the yeah. disease that the will come from that. Yeah. So we're talking, the, this is the mm. end of the world. They call it the apocalypse for a reason. The th- and that leads to the third trumpet judgment, which is a meteor from heaven. Yeah, this is where a giant star falls from the sky and a third of the water becomes bitter. Right. Now we're talking about fresh water. Yeah. So now a third of the fresh water is affected. The sea so how life. do you think the meteor... Where Where is that hitting? It's a great question. It's been theorized by those in modern interpretations that here comes a meteor meteor from uh, from the sky, and uh, mankind begins to assemble. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, let's shoot it out of the sky. So mm-hmm. what do they do? There's been it, movies about that. Right. Yeah. Let's shoot it out of the sky. And when they do, it still falls to earth. But when it mm-hmm. falls to earth, maybe it falls in such a pattern that spreads its, it call, it's called wormwood or bitterness. Mm-hmm. It spreads its poison over a third of the rivers and fresh waters of the world. And now all of those waters are bitter, literally, so when mankind drinks them, they die from the poison. 
Wow. This is just, this continues to be just the middle of the tribulation period. Now we arrive in the fourth trumpet judgment. And this is where a third of the sun's light, the moonlight, and the stars are dimmed. Or darkened, really. Should say dim, darkened. We're not exactly out. sure how this takes place. Maybe it's due to all of these other events that have been taking place, like you said, the air quality. Nonetheless, when the sun rises, it's a third less bright. When mm-hmm. the moon rises, it's a third less bright. The stars do not shine. The idea is that now suddenly we're living in a world where we can't see like we used to be able to see. What mm-hmm. a terribly dark moment this is for the humankind. And now we're about to see perhaps the most horrific nightmare inducing two plagues and that's that pretty bad because you think Bible. about the first one and he's kind of build the first one to me seems like one of the worst where it's raining that blood and yeah. hail um i mean there's an episode in one of the hunger games where you know they ha- they run through yeah. and it's raining blood and they can't see and you just you don't think about the repercussions of what that would be like the stickiness the filth the disgustingness and, and all of that is nothing compared to yeah. the trumpet five and six oh uh, well trumpet five it's the murder hornets <laughs> no right. it's, we joked about it but like these that. are much worse than any kind of giant bee they're five months of being tormented by what one person's called hell's locusts yeah, i think that's a good descriptive word yeah the bible says this other star or angel flies from heaven descends and hits the ground and this little meteorite of some kind descends so far into the earth that it opens up a portal to an underground spiritual realm that we would call hell or Hades. And it releases out of this pit, what? It releases out these demon locusts that um, that have power. Now, the Bible describes them. It's very, very scary. It says they have a face of a man, and they yeah. can speak with the tongues of men. They have long hair like Oh, I didn't women. realize they could talk. They have uh, That would be crown. freaky alone. They have a crown on their heads. They've got a breastplate on their chest. They look like little horses. And uh, and they fly with uh, they fly with wings, and they sting. And the Bible says, when they sting, they have the tails of a scorpion. And when they sting you, you are tormented for five months, and you wish you could die. And the Bible says, men mm. try to take their own lives; they try to kill themselves. But something in the poison keeps man artificially alive. Wow! So that no matter how many times you attempt to commit suicide, you are unable to take your own life because the poison is still running through your body wow that is awful um, and so do you the think size these are of a man's hand you think these are legitimate a specific type of demon i think they are uh demons yes uh, and they follow a very specific demon his name is apollyon mm. or in the hebrew tongue abaddon um or, so do you think these are demons or they are all controlled beasts that are controlled by a demon no, I think these are individual demons that okay. are controlling individual avatars or, or bodies of mm-hmm. physical creatures that have been yeah. created for this specific moment. Wow. And these, these creatures come out specifically to torment mankind during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, some of you are like, why is this happening? We're going to see in a moment the purpose of the tribulation period. But nonetheless, trumpet number six, and this is scarier than five. Okay. And then one third of mankind is slain by two i don't know this number 200 million 200 million man army yeah so the bible says that coming up out of the pit out of hell arises 200 million demon horsemen the bible says that these these demons on horses um are uh, they're very strange they've got the heads of a lion and their tails are like that of a serpent and out of their nose they breathe 
um, brimstone and it chokes mankind and the tail of the horse is like a snake and it bites mankind. Uh, regardless, very scary. Mm. The, uh, Hollywood has never made a horror movie this bad. 200 million. Now, this is fascinating. And the Bible says, of these, a third of mankind is now killed. Wow. A third. One out of three people left I alive. I mean, are yeah, killed. and we've already been narrowing, narrowing. Now, imagine this. I think about this. You know, we we live through tough times, but you get through a difficult time, you know, and. Uh, whether it be something national like the coronavirus or something which is so small in comparison to all of this but or even something personal you know we all have to go through seasons where as they say when it rains it storms where we are just suffering but you can always see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're like i made it through that yeah, the tribulation i never thought i'd get through that year of them passing or whatever yeah. and but this you've lived through it if you've lived through it if you've lived through it and then it gets worse and worse, and you're wishing you hadn't. You have to be, I mean, honestly, the people that are taken out right away, I mean, that's better. I mean, you're going to hell either way, but to live through hell on earth before, I, oh. I agree. Terrible. And the seventh trumpet then sounds just like the seventh seal is it's the seventh It's another Russian trumpet. doll. Yeah, Open it up. The seventh trumpet is the seven bowl judgments. And so what are the seven bold judgments? So These let's think are about this. We the had the seal that is the idea of a statement being made and revealed. There's the trumpet, which is announcing yep. what's going to happen. And maybe God. even a battle cry, you could yeah. say with that. And then the bowl, the idea of what a bowl. What is the symbolism there? Um, it's funny because I heard this as a child, and I remember thinking bowls. That's like cereal. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not what it is, though. It's the idea of being pouring out wrath, that idea of in a bowl pouring out judgment, right? Remember, just like you said, Heather said before, um, God's wrath has been storing up against mankind until the moment of Jesus Christ, whereas where he poured out his wrath on Christ to save mankind. Once Christ died upon the cross for our sins, we live in this age of grace. So God is no longer angry at sin. Oh, he is. But he's primarily angry at the sin of, of offending his children, Christians, and those who follow Christ in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. His wrath continues now to be built up it's not poured out among mankind during this age of grace so what's going to happen with all of that wrath that has been building up it is being stored up in these seven bowls Mm. and now after all those other tribulation moments the seven bowls will be poured out and the first one being what painful sores i was about to say soils like sore and boil combined soils but yeah that's not correct so the bible says that boils boils Boils. that's a weird word upon in the entire mankind but specifically it goes upon those who have accepted the mark of the beast which we talked about mm-hmm. two episodes ago so See, and this one doesn't boils. seem as bad as some of the others you know like the demon hornets and stuff they, but because it's hitting a specific group of people yeah you know and and it's it's universal outside of those who have believed in christ mm-hmm. so in this moment it's not that you have it it's that everyone has it it's not one out of four it's not one out of three mm-hmm. It's everybody in the world will have this. And that leads to the second one, well, which is Well, that terrible. has, won't there still be people at this point that have hidden, that have not taken the mark of the beast? According to this, this is poured out upon all mankind who have accepted the mark of the beast. At this point in, in the tribulation history, it's assumed that everybody has pretty much made their decision. Wow. If you've taken the mark of the beast, you're a follower of the Antichrist. If you have not, you're a follower of Christ. Yeah, but where are the followers of Christ during this time? They're hidden. They're hidden. Okay, so then that's my point. There are some who won't have this judgment. Right. Only the followers of Christ, this judgment will not fall upon. It's believed the following judgments will be reserved uh, from the followers of Christ. Okay. Yes. Um, in fact, you can find that in Revelation 
7, 2 through 3, talking about that, okay? Um, so What's the second bold judgment? The second one is the sea becomes blood and every living soul in the sea dies. So a while ago, we saw a third of the ocean turns to blood. Now we see all of it does. There are no sea creatures. There are no octopus. There are no whales. There are no fish in the ocean. They are all dead. All oceans are now fully blood. This is the end of the world. What's mm -hmm. the third bull judgment? The third one is now the fresh water becomes blood. All the blood or all water now in the world. So these other judgments, mm. there's this sense of hope. There's this light at the end of the tunnel. There's the maybe we could just move to that part of the world. There is no other part of the world. Everything is done. And it specifically, it says in verses 6 and 7 that somebody cries out in the throne room of God in chapter 16 and says, God, you've done the right thing. Those who have been persecuting your people and have been getting drunk on the blood of your saints, those who have been killing your Christians, are now going to have to drink blood just to survive. And so this is the essence of what God is doing. He's pouring out his wrath on specifically those who have fought against his beloved children. So here's my question. I always wondered about this when I read this passage. Can, I mean, we need water so much to live, but we also know that we can get water from different sources. Um, and we just watched this TV show where this guy goes to Kenya and the warriors there, they drink the blood of the cow. And they're doing it mostly for protein. I'm, ass mm -hmm. I'm assuming they're also having you water. Survive. You could survive with this, right? Yeah, this is the idea. And the, some mm -hmm. those would say you cannot long-term survive with this. There might be a year left in the tribulation period. The answer is God can artificially keep anyone alive on anything he chooses to. That's the torturous nature mm -hmm. of this. We saw that in the fifth trumpet judgment. That leads to the fourth trumpet judgment, which is what? Men are scorched with great heat from the sun. So it's like God turns up the heat from the sun and begins to scorch mankind. Mm. So the places that used to be 110 degrees in the summer are now 170 degrees. Places that used to be 80 oh, degrees in the summer are now 130 degrees. You cannot survive long term in this. And the Bible says people are so angry, they begin to gnash on their tongue and they begin to uh. curse the God of heaven. At this point, it makes it very clear. These people are not confused as to where these things are coming from. They know these curses are coming from God, and they curse the God of heaven. Later on, when we get to the Battle of Armageddon, we're going to see that people are ready to fight God himself. How do they get to the point where they're ready to fight God? Because they believe and they know these things come from God. But instead of repenting and saying, God, we're sorry, they curse God and say, bring it on, God. We want more. And so God sends the fifth trumpet judgment. Okay, and this one you're going to have to explain. The kingdom of the beast is full of darkness. So the Bible says the kingdom of the beast, which is the city of Babylon reestablished, now is complete 100% darkness. That is a pitch black darkness. So we're not sure how that happens. But imagine a dome placed upon the entire city of New York or the city of San Francisco or the city of Las mm -hmm. Vegas. This dome is placed over the kingdom uh, of the Antichrist. That could be a city or a country. It could be the entire world. But the idea here is pitch black darkness. You cannot see anything. So it's permanently So you could black. leave the city and see the light. Yeah. You know. The Antichrist at this point has no power to run his headquarters. Wow. So it's specifically targeting him, and that's what God is trying to save from heaven. And that leads to the sixth bowl judgment. And, that and that's is, where the Euphrates River is dried up, preparing the way. Because you might be thinking, well, why did I dry, dry up the, you know, the river? They're already all blood, you know, what's the point? But it's preparing the way for that giant man army that came out in one of the last judgments, the last trumpet judgment. 
It's preparing the way for them. Right. So all the armies of the world are now gathering together in a valley called Megiddo for the entire purpose of fighting, not just the Jews and not just the Christian. They're going to fight against God's people, but they're specifically there to fight against God himself. In fact, the Bible says there are three demon-like frog creatures. Uh, they, I think it's metaphoric. These, mm -hmm. these men that go around the world saying, if we want to survive, the only thing we can do is fight against God himself. And that, right before the Battle of Armageddon, or some say right after the Battle of Armageddon, God sends the final bold judgment and that is the I earth have to say something before that shaken. before we get into that as we're talking about this battle you know for years I as, growing up in church you always think who's gonna fight against God what can you do against God but I'm amazed to see how even in our lives which there are so many blessings in um, I'll do counseling with individuals and whatever they went through it was just something that they when you counsel and you get down to it they blame God for it God is not good because I had to go through this pain yeah and again, it's mild pain that is just for a brief moment when you look at the span of eternity. That's exactly and right. there's many blessings. Now, you look at somebody who lives through this, they're yeah. already deceived, but think about how much more Satan's lie, which he tells all of us. He tries to tell every individual, God's not really good. This is how he did it in the Garden of Eden. So here, through all of this, God's not good. Do you see, if he was good, why would he allow this? Now look, it's coming from him. He's trying to destroy us, and we have survived. It's that humanistic and anti-God it just it's so interesting when you look at all of this to see how the hearts of men were already easily turned that way but imagine through all of this how they'll be ready to fight God and you may be thinking to yourself what kind of a God would do this and here's the answer a God of love there are two main reasons we, we talked about thus far the prophecies the plot and lastly let's talk about the purpose there are two main reasons for the tribulation period one is to pour out the wrath of God. The other is to save innumerable souls. Let me ask you this question. What would you do if you saw someone abusing your child? Mm -hmm. Would you sit back and say, well, they just need to, you know, they need to learn. Just keep abusing yeah. my child. No. The purpose of the tribulation period is to demonstrate that you are significant to God. Luke chapter 18 says, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night into him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Mm. Deuteronomy 32 says, is this anger not laid up in store with me, sealed up among my treasures? Vengeance is mine and I will recompense for the day of their calamity is at hand. Woe to the soul who is under the wrath of God. So mm. here's what you have to understand. You have to say, well, have I sinned against God? Have I underestimated God's severity? The answer is, if you have, you are under God's wrath one day. Well, you will die and go to hell. And it will not be that God is angry or that you, are, that, uh, you don't deserve it. You are experiencing the wrath of God because you allowed his son to die for your sins and you ignored it. Now, if you yeah. repent of your sin, the wrath of God is poured out upon Christ and not on you. But as the world continues to persecute Christians, not just before the tribulation period, but through the tribulation period, God's wrath has been storing up to be poured out because you are his children and the Jews are his chosen people and, it, and you're significant enough to defend. So there are two reasons. Number yeah. one, to pour out God's wrath. And number two, to save innumerable souls. And this is the point of the tribulation period. There are two witnesses that, get, that, that come as God's prophets during this time. Of those two witnesses, they lead 144,000 Jewish men to Christ who become soul winners, witnesses. They are sent to warn the world and to offer Jesus as Savior. And yeah. according to Revelation chapter 7, 
The Bible says there's an innumerable amount of people who get saved during the tribulation period. Innumerable amount of people. A moment ago, we had 200 million horsemen, which means that number could be numbered. But in Revelation 7, as John says, I can't number how many people get saved during the tribulation. Maybe, maybe a billion. Maybe billions get saved. Mm -hmm. So the reason God sends this is to pour out his wrath and to save millions who will be saved during tribulation. Now those two witnesses, would they be during the white horse where the Antichrist rises up? It's believed that the two witnesses arrive, um, yes, during the first half of the tribulation period. It says that they're there for 1260 Mm -hmm. days, which is three and a half years. Um, And then they stay in the streets for dead for three and a half days before rising to heaven. Those two witnesses, for them to do that, have to happen during the first half of the tribulation period, not the last half. Yeah. And again, to just clarify my question, that would be during the white horse. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So what we see is the tribulation period. Sounds like a scary time, but in reality, it uh, it is, and it's purposeful. People being saved and God's wrath being poured out. But that is not the end. Uh, in fact, the end continues because next week we have a different episode, episode 84. But on episode 85, we're going to be discussing the Battle of Armageddon. The tribulation period mm, moves right yeah. into the Battle of Armageddon. We'll be discussing that in detail on episode number uh, 85. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bible Talks. Yeah, we are so glad you joined us today for this. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Go to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. That's our Facebook page. And drop some comments about uh, what intrigues you most about the tribulation or maybe something that you didn't know about or, or maybe something we didn't really go into depth in. We would love to hear from you there. And remember, when the Bible talks, we'd better listen. <laughs>